0: Good morning, everyone. It is lovely to see you this morning. I am booming. (laughs) But not in a good way. (laughs) Happy New Year to you. I can't quite believe it's 2024. I still vividly remember Millennium Night. And some of you are thinking I wasn't even born. Um, But my goodness, we're 24 years through... Anyway, when I say... I have a dream. Who comes to mind? You're on it. I suspect that's true for many of us, isn't it? Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. It's the bit of the speech that we most remember that he gave in August 1963. It was a dream of a better future, of the way things could and should So some of the things you might remember from that speech, he dreamt of a day when former slaves or sons of slaves would sit down with sons of former slave owners. He dreamt of a day when oppression would be transformed to an oasis of freedom and justice. He dreamt of a day when people would not be judged by the color of their skin. And I love this. He dreamt of a day when every valley should be engulfed, every hill should be exalted, and every mountain made low, The rough places will be made plains, and the crooked places will be made straight, and the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together. Amen. 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 That sounds godly to me. (laughs) That sounds like a God-given dream of a better future. This book, the Bible, is full of people who had God-given dreams. Noah had a dream of saving peoples from a flood. Abraham had a dream of being a father of a great nation who would be a blessing to the nations. David had a dream of building a temple in Jerusalem that would be the heart of worship for people. Nehemiah had a dream of rebuilding the city walls of Jerusalem that would give safety to God's people. Paul had a dream of going to Rome to preach the gospel. So I wonder this morning at the start of this year, what dreams has God put in your heart? What dreams has he put in your heart? I'm not thinking about kind of personal goals. I'm not talking about the kind of like, oh, I just want a better job or I want to get married. I want to have a baby. I want to study for this and that. They can be good things, but they're personal things. As we think about God-given dreams, what we're thinking about is those things that God puts in our hearts that would release life and hope and the kingdom to other people. Those things that are beyond ourselves. I can remember, here's just a couple of examples from our church life. I remember a few years ago, Dora came up to me. She was fairly new to Riverside and she said, essentially, I have a dream of creating a space where people who would be on their own at Christmas Day could come and have lunch together. And you'll know, if you've been around, that she does that. And there were 50 to 60 people gathered here on Christmas Day having lunch together. A few years ago, Peter and Judy came and said, we have a dream of creating a safe harbor-like space where people that are marginalized, maybe struggling with mental health issues, could come and connect during the week. And most of you will know that on Wednesdays and Thursdays, that happens. There is space out in the foyer where there's coffee, there's toast. It serves our storehouse clients, but it serves beyond that. And the Samaritans come in and domestic violence charities come in and connect with people in a beautiful way. It was a dream being lived out. So over the next six weeks, we're doing a series, I Have a Dream. We're going to look at the story of another dreamer in the Bible. We're going to look at the story of Joseph in the Old Testament, in the book of Genesis. And just as we launch into this, here are just some of my hopes and prayers for us as we go into this series. The the foundation um, belief that I have is that the Lord has dreams for our lives. There are things that he has purposed even before we were born that we would embrace and live and walk out. Rick Warren, pastor and author, he writes this, without a dream, you're not really living, you're just existing. That's quite challenging, isn't it? I want to live. I, want to, I don't want to just get by. I want to fully live out what God has for me. God-given dreams release purpose and destiny and identity in our lives. The second thing, I believe we're in a season where the Lord is going to be releasing new dreams and refreshing old dreams in our community here at Riverside Vineyard. Over the next few weeks, I just have this sense that the Lord is going to be giving a whole bunch of us some new dreams. And some of us are going to be woken up in the night because often the Lord gives us dreams through our dreams. So could you be smart and have a pen and paper by your bed? So you can write that down. Some of us are going to be reminded of what the Lord has said before. Some of us are going to be re-energized. So in this season, could you be praying for an open heart? For the Lord to deposit and redeposit God given dreams. And the third thing, I believe the Lord is inviting and challenging us to take some next steps in making those God given dreams more real. One of my pastoral reflections, and it's a sad one, is that many people's dreams just stay as dreams. Maybe it's a new ministry idea, a business plan, uh, an idea for a new small group, planting a church, a project in the community. Many of us, I suspect, have things in our hearts that we sense are God given, but often they can stay as dreams. And I believe the Lord is inviting us to put some kind of like wheels on the bus, to put some legs onto those things. So, new series I Have a Dream. If you have a Bible, could you be turning to Genesis? chapter 37. As we do that, I would love to pray for us as we launch into this season, because these are God-given dreams. These are not things that we make up. These are things that God deposits into our hearts. So I would love to pray that that would be what he starts to do and what he is doing. So when I pray for myself, I put a hand on my heart, do what helps you, but that's what I'm going to do for us. Lord, we are so grateful that there are amazing, wonderful things that you have purposed for our lives even before we were born. And Lord, I want to ask that in this season of our lives and in this season of our church, you would deposit and redeposit those God given dreams deep into our beings. Lord, give us wisdom, give us discernment. Lord, release faith to us to trust that you are able to do what we cannot do. Lord, I pray that we would dream big. Where there are kind of like glass ceilings that we've put over our lives, Lord, I pray spiritually they would be broken. That we would not restrict ourselves from the things that you are inviting us into. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So Genesis chapter 37, I'm going to read the first 11 verses, Jacob lived in the land where his father had stayed, the land of Canaan. This is the account of Jacob's family line. Joseph, a young man of 17, was tending the flocks with his brothers, the sons of Bilhar and the sons of Zilpah, his father's wives. And he brought their father a bad report about them. Now Israel, that's Jacob, loved Joseph more than any of his other sons because he had been born to him in his old age, and he made an ornate robe for him. When his brothers saw that their father loved him more than any of them, they hated him, and they could not speak a kind word to him. Joseph had a dream, and when he told it to his brothers, they hated him all the more. He said to them, listen to the dream I had. We were binding sheaves of corn out in the field when suddenly my sheaf rose and stood upright, while your sheaves gathered round mine and bowed down to it. His brothers said to him, Do you intend to reign over us? Will you actually rule us? And they hated him all the more because of his dream and what he had said. Then he had another dream, and he told it to his brothers. Listen, he said, I had another dream. And this time the sun and moon and eleven stars were bowing down to me. When he told his father, as well as his brothers, his father rebuked him and said, What is this dream you had? Will your mother and I and your brothers actually come and bow down to the ground before you? His brothers were jealous of him, but his father kept the matter in mind. As we go through this series, there's this little book that you might just find helpful. It is by Rick Warren. Um, It was published last year. It's entitled Dare to Dream. It's a tenor. Treat yourself to a late Christmas present, but that's a, a helpful little book. I'm going to share today about the birth of a dream, the birth of a God-given dream. And in, Did you notice as we read the Bible text that Joseph's family is a little bit crazy? <laughs> you see, or maybe it sounds like yours, but it's, it's an interesting family. Here's the background. His dad, Jacob, actually had four wives. The favorite was Rachel. She had two sons, Joseph and Benjamin, and they were the 11th and 12th oldest of these 12 sons. And of these, Joseph was his dad's favorite. And his dad made that public. For those of you that are old enough, Jason Donovan, multicolored dreamcoat musicals, all of that kind of stuff, he made it obvious. If you're a parent of children, please don't do what Jacob did. This is not a parenting course here. Don't, don't, don't do what he did. The other brothers hated Joseph. You read that they didn't have a kind word to say. Joseph then has these two dreams. Bit of a spoiler alert. We know that as the story unfolds that these were God-given dreams. He wasn't daydreaming. He was God-dreaming. To this fairly naive, I think a little bit arrogant 17-year-old in a pretty messed up family, God placed a dream that would ultimately save hundreds and thousands of people. Would save nations. This is a God-given dream. Good news. I believe that God has dreams for every one of us. Because the good news is this if your life feels even a little bit messed up, like Joseph or like mine, God can still deposit his dreams in our hearts. Paul, the Apostle Paul, writes in 2 Corinthians that God puts treasure in jars of clay, things of immense value into things that are easily broken. Does that sound like your life? Sounds like mine. This is good news that God deposits God-given dreams into fragile human beings. So if you're young here today, God has dreams for you. If you're a bit older, God has dreams, new dreams for you. If you think or you're tempted to think that God has finished with you, can I say very clearly, he has not. Dream again. God is not finished with us until our last breath. There are always new dreams that he wants to deposit into our lives. There's a a lovely quote. It's often attributed to C.S. Lewis, although many people think that actually he didn't say it. But whoever said it, I think it's good. So I'm going to read it anyway. You are never too old to set another goal or to dream a new dream. Never too old. If we've given up on our dreams, maybe there's a sense of disappointment that things have not been fulfilled. The Lord loves to restore and rebirth dreams in us. We're never too old. What we see in Joseph is someone who simply had an open heart. Simply had an open heart to the Lord depositing dreams. And I believe that the Lord looks for open hearts. People into whom he can deposit and nurture dreams and see a dream realized. So here are some things that can open our hearts to the dreams of God. The first thing I would encourage is this. Commit to being all in for Jesus. That's a good commitment anyway. At the start of a new year, it just feels, I don't know whether you make resolutions or not, but if you do, or even if you don't, that is a good one. Commit to being all in for Jesus. Spend time with Jesus each day. In worship, in, in scripture, reading the Bible, in prayer, in silence, solitude, fasting. These habits open us to the dreams of God. They open us to the voice of God. And spend time with other godly dreamers. People are doing something who are doing something with the dreams that God has put into their hearts. So being part of a small group is a great first step along that journey. So we have hopefully a sense of something that the Lord is birthing in us. A sense of a God-given dream birthing in us. A big question we need to ask is how do we know if that dream is from God or is it just me? That's a really important. How do we know whether it's like what I ate last night and I'm just having a funny turn? How do I know whether it's just my idea or whether it's a God-given dream? dream. Growing up, I, like most young boys, dreamt of being a footballer. That was me because I wasn't that great at football. But that was also about me. But in my early teenage years, there was a growing, birthing, God-given dream in my heart towards pastoral leadership and being a pastor. That was God sowing something back in my early teenage years. So the question is, is, how could I know... If that was me or whether it was the Lord? How would you know? How would you know if your dreams are just your ideas or whether there's something being planted by the Lord? Well, here are three things that I think can help us to discern as we ask that question. The first is, does that dream require faith? Does it require faith? Did you notice in Joseph's story, his dream of being in a position of leadership such that his brothers, who we remember absolutely hated him, the dream that his brothers would actually bow down to him seems far-fetched, seems far-fetched. And then the dream of his parents, particularly his dad, bowing down to him is outrageous In near Middle Eastern culture absolutely outrageous and the point is simply that God-given dreams always require faith because they are always beyond what we can do on our own if your sense of dream at one sense overwhelms you because it is too big good and I say that with pastoral affection Because that smells like the need of faith. And that is one of the hallmarks of a God-given dream. Second thing is, does the dream align with the Bible? Very simply, God never contradicts his word. It will always align in some way with scripture. And thirdly, what do wise friends think? At At a good point, ask one or two people... Does that dream, does this thing that I think the Lord is speaking to me, does that sound like the Lord? Does it smell like Him? Does it have that sense of the Lord in it? You see, the point is, we actually discern God's voice in community, not just on our own. And in fact, I would suggest there are dangers of just discerning God's voice on our own. We're designed to discern God's voice in the context of, of community. So we have a sense of a God-given dream. What do we do with it? What do we do? Or put another way, to share or not to share? That is the question. Misquoting Shakespeare. To share or not to share? That is the question. What Joseph did, he just blurted it out. And I think there's a bunch of reasons for that. We remember he's 17. There's some of the exuberance of youth. I think you can see just the breakdown of relationship with his brothers. And he, I think he thought, you know what? I can just have a bit of a dig here. The Lord has spoken. I'm just, and, he, and I think that was probably some of what was going on here. But if you know the next bit of the story, you'll know that things did not go well for Joseph. So in general, what I would say is don't do what Joseph did. In fact, I would contrast that. If you're familiar with the story of Nehemiah, what Nehemiah does, he is very cautious with sharing what God has spoken to him about. it's Very cautious. So what do we do next? Well, here are just some things that I'm going to share as we come in towards a close, and then we're going to pray. Here are some things that I have found helpful. The first thing is pray, pray, and then pray some more. And when you're done praying, pray, and then pray. Ask the Lord to direct and guide our steps, to release wisdom to us. And pray that the Lord would be at work in our own hearts, preparing us, changing us. As we wait for the Lord, waiting is not passive. Waiting is active. Waiting is a season where the Lord is at work in our lives. And as we'll see in the story of Joseph, the Lord was at work deeply in him as the dreams were being worked out. And so, my encouragement would be ask the Lord to expand your heart for what the Lord is wanting to do. Secondly, think carefully about when to share what the Lord has put in your heart and with whom you share it. Just think carefully. Sometimes, maybe often, we need to sit prayerfully with a dream for days, weeks, maybe months, maybe years. And we sit with it. Sometimes it is good in God's time to share with a wise friend or two. But I would encourage this. When we share, remember that a God-given dream always requires faith and is always beyond our ability to do it. We don't know how God is going to make the dream real. Questions of how kill God-given dreams. Questions of how kill, so often kill God-given dreams. So as a staff team, when we have times of prayerful dreaming, which we often do is we start like, what is the Lord saying here? And we start to dream together. One of the guidelines we have is this, no how questions. We'll come on to that when we plan, but for now, we're not going to kill a dream by thinking about how. Thirdly, please don't be put off by being misunderstood. Joseph could have been been right put off here, couldn't he? Because he was so misunderstood by his brothers and his dad. They didn't get that his dreams were God-given. People may not get what God has put into your heart. A big dream may get misunderstood. But what I would say is, if it's from the Lord don't put it off. Don't let it go. Hold to it. And fourthly, don't just wait for that big thing. Do the next thing. Don't just wait for the big thing. Do the next thing. Over the last few weeks, I've actually been reflecting on some of our story here at Riverside Vineyard Church. There's a whole bunch of reasons why we are here today and why we've got a site down in Staines this morning. There's a number of reasons, but one of them is because Rick and Lulu, and and Rick is here this morning, our founding pastors, were open to a God-given dream. But what they didn't do was wait for an established Sunday service with hundreds of people. They didn't wait for a building or two to get started. What they did, and I have the photos, is a few people gathered in their lounge. What they didn't do was wait for the big thing. They did the next thing in working out the God-given dream that the Lord had put into their hearts. And we're here now in part because of the following through of that God-given dream. So maybe you feel uh, a call to, you know, a big thing, maybe to pastoral leadership or to plant a church. That's wonderful. One of the next steps will be to gather some people into a small group. Gather some people, develop some leaders, multiply that group, and do it again. As I'm thinking of the ways that for myself and Beth and the sense of God's dream in our lives worked out, that's what we did. And we did it again and again and again and again. Not just waiting for the big thing, doing the next thing. Maybe you feel a call to, I don't know, overseas mission, going and serving the Lord somewhere overseas. That is, again, a wonderful thing. Why not test that out in a cross-cultural context? Finding a cross-cultural context in our church is not hard. It is not hard to do that in this area of West London. You don't have to wait for the big thing. You can do the next thing. Maybe there is something else that you can say yes to. You have this sense of something that the Lord is placing into your heart. There is always a next thing. And one of the things that God-given dreams, as we become sort of like just aware and aligned with those things, what, those, what that enables us to do is to say yes to the next thing. Because we'll know that that's leading us towards what the lord has put into our hearts and then lastly pray some more on the 12th of february so that's in what's about four or five weeks time we're running an evening session entitled dare to dream and it's simply a space to explore to ex- to discern some next steps in what are the dreams that god has put into my heart and what am i going to do with them so if that is a helpful space to you, you can simply sign up at riversidevineyard.com forward slash dream. There is a QR code there. You'll find it all on um, our website as well. But I would love you if this is a space that is helpful to you to explore what God has put into your heart, then come and be a part of that. So I'm going to close this. As we head into this new year, it is, it's, a, it's a year of possibilities, isn't it? Every year is. There are immense possibilities every year. I wonder what dreams the Lord has already birthed in you. I wonder what he is wanting to birth in you. And I'm praying for each of us to have the grace to say yes to his invitation to do the next thing. And I was just reminded during our worship, and I'll close with this and I'll hand back to Rob. As we think about the dreams that God has put into our hearts, it's really important to remember there's a part that we play, but there's a part that God plays. And this verse came to mind. God is able to do immeasurably more than we ask or imagine or dream. Immeasurably more. So take heart those things that God has put into your heart that maybe think that is way beyond me, take heart. Because God is able to do immeasurably more. Amen?